So a couple of weeks ago, um, I was in Dallas at a, at a, at a youth pastors conference, um, and they had this illusionist there. His name is Jared Hall, and he did this awesome trick, and, 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 and he did a lot of really great tricks. But he did one trick in particular that really just, like, blew my mind. And so um, I talked to him a little bit, and he wouldn't tell me how to do it. So I went online and found out how to do it because um, you can find stuff, you know, you find out stuff on the Internet. And so I want to do it. Yeah, Hope, come on up. You can be my tester. So you're going to stand right over here, okay? You're going to be my tester. Here's how. They're animal crackers. These are animal crackers, okay? So here's what we're going to do. You don't, you don't have to eat it. Here's what we're going to do. Hope is going to pick an animal cracker that I'm not going to be. I, she's not going to show me. But you got to know what it is. You got to be able to tell, like, what the animal is, okay? These are fresh. I, I'm just opening this. Like, there's no trick here. You know, I'm not. These aren't. It's not a trick deck of animal crackers. I mean, it's straight from HEB today. Uh, yeah, a trick deck. It's not a trick deck of animal crackers. Just the good old. I got it from HEB. It was like two bucks today. Um, so she is going to pick an animal cracker, and I can't tell. I'm not looking. I don't know what it is. Um, do you know what it is, Hope? You might need some help, but again, don't say it to me. Don't let me hear it or know it or anything, okay? Okay, I don't know what it is. Wes is going to tell Hope what it is because I couldn't tell. You got it? You're good? Okay. So. Keep it like, keep it hidden, because I gotta kind of turn. So, yeah, I can do the trick either way. Let me check. Okay, so um, I I I wrote down what what animal I think it is. Does anybody know what I what what word I put on here? Do, do you know? It's just a yes or no question. Do you know what I put on here? If you could see me, that doesn't count. You have to be quiet, all right? Let me ask you. Do you know what word I put on there? No? That's amazing. You got it exactly right. Anyways, uh, stupid joke. <laughs> she said no, she didn't know, and I, I did. I put no. So, no, for real, though, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually write a thing here. Okay, are you guys ready? Because I really do. Th I think I know. I think I know what. Okay, stop throwing animal crackers. We're not. Stop. That's not the trick. This is not catching in your mouth. No. Um, I think I know what. Uh, when Jared Hall did it, he nailed it every time. It was amazing. Um, and so, but and I think I know how to do it. So I think I know what animal you you, you picked out. Okay. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Can I get like a drum roll or something? Like, so, ready, set. Panda? It wasn't a panda? It's a sheep. Oh, it's a sheep. Okay, I, I, I missed it. You know what? Okay, I'll tell you what. Somebody else, maybe hopes. To, no, no, leave, leave, leave the animal crackers here. Okay, okay, she's already. No, you know what? You played the game. Let's get some people who didn't like play the game. Come on up, Gabriel. Let me try again. I think I can get it this time. So, again, he's going to pick one. I don't know what he's picking. I can't see it. 
I'm not looking. Do you know what it is? Yes. Wes, he says he knows what it is. Don't tell me. Don't say it loud. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Is it, okay, we know what it is. We're good? Okay, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down. You clear your mind. I think that was the problem. I didn't have Hope clear her mind, and so I forgot that step. So clear your mind. Think of only that animal, okay? I'm going to read what's going on in your head, and I'm going to get there with it, all right? Here we go. Okay, I think I got it. I think I got it this time. Again, can I get a drum roll again for the for the big reveal? Here we go. Ready, set. It's a tiger. Oh. Okay, one more, one more. Somebody else. No, 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 no. You played. You already did one. Come on. No, wait. You played the game too. I know. I want somebody who didn't play the game. Alyssa, Alyssa, come on up. Uh, Alyssa, me and Alyssa have the band nerd connection. I bet I can do it. Here we go. I don't know what it is. She's picking out. Do you know what it is, Alyssa? You don't know. Somebody help her out, but quietly, so I can't tell. Okay, they're whispering, but I can almost hear it, so I'm going to talk and close my ear here. This is like when I have to awkwardly sound check a mic, and I don't know what to say. I just start counting to four over and over. Are we good over there? No, we're still trying to figure it out. I didn't think this was that hard, but okay, I'm, I'm going to let you guys get there. So, okay. Okay, we'll tell her, Shaylee. Okay, I want you to think about the animal, and I'm going to try and read what's going on in your head. Okay, I think I got it. I think I'm spelling it wrong. I'm pretty sure I spelled that wrong, but that's okay. I did spell it wrong. All right, can I get another drum roll for the final time? Ready, set? It's a giraffe, poorly written and spelled. Was it, was it a giraffe? No? What was it? That was the polar bear. Okay, you just there's a there are giraffes in there. It's on the box. Uh, polar bear, but either way, it definitely wasn't a giraffe. Okay, hang on. So there was, I I'm giving up. Here's the thing. There was a reason for that. Let me ask you this. If you went, now you guys know, especially, um, I am not a trained illusionist. And so, uh, but how many of you guys were expecting me to actually be able to do it at first? At first. <laughs> like two people. Man, thanks for the faith. Three. Like I said, at first. I know after I missed it once or twice, you kind of, your, your expectations dropped. Um, but let me ask you this. If you went to an actual illusionist, like, you know, if you saw Jared Hall or Harris III or one of these guys, um, and they set up this trick and they've got their setup, and then it didn't work, how would you feel? Disappointed, mad, right? Let down? Because you have this expectation, but then they didn't meet the expectation, right? 
And so that's what we're talking about for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about unmet expectations because I think we all um, have those situations where we expect uh, someone to meet what we think is going to happen. And it's not always like that, obviously. It might be, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as, hey, man, you said you were going to meet me for lunch, and then you didn't come to the lunchroom. Or, you know, I mean, it could be simple things like that. Or sometimes it's big things like, you know, God, I prayed for someone to get healed, and, and, and I expected that to happen, but it didn't actually happen. And so uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about unmet expectations. That's where we're, where we're going to be hanging out for the next few weeks. Now, um, how many of you guys like to wait? Really, you like to wait? Depends on what it is. Okay, let's ask this. Let's ask this, and I got to thinking about this. Um, I actually wrote this this part down, this illustration down, back when we were in Orlando last year. Because um, when we went to Orlando, we did a lot of waiting. I don't know if you guys know this. When you fly, you have to wait in the security line. That's annoying, right? So we had to wait in the security line, and then we get to, uh, and then we get to, well, like we went to Universal, and we did a lot of waiting in lines again. And then we got to Fine Arts, and we had to wait for our performance times. And then we we performed, and we had to wait for our results. And then, you know, so, and like, that whole trip felt like we were doing nothing but waiting. Anybody here hate waiting on YouTube ads? Right? That's a pet peeve. Yeah. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. And the ones that you can't bug me because I'm like, why do I got to watch, forty like, 30 seconds of ad for a 15-second video? I think there should be some kind of proportion where you only have to watch, like, 10% of the length of the video you're about to watch. You know what I mean? Then you'd have to watch 10% as a six-minute ad. I could deal with that if I was watching an hour-long YouTube video. Yes. That is weird. I didn't know that because I don't really do much Hulu, but uh, that is kind of strange, I'll admit. And Netflix has no commercials, which I like. So, uh, But here's the thing. Uh, the Bible is full of people having to wait, right? Um Joshua. You guys know Joshua. What did Joshua do? There's only one main Joshua. Yeah, what's? Jericho, right. That's the famous thing that we know about Joshua. He was one of the ten spies, yes. But but later, like the most famous thing we know about Joshua is that he fought the Battle of Jericho. Okay? Um, but he had to wait a long time before he did that. See, for like 30, 40 years, he was like Moses' assistant. And so he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in charge of anything. Then he gets in charge. Moses dies. Uh, Joshua gets anointed, the next leader of the nation of Israel. And then he's like, okay. So he sends out, uh, he sends some spies to Jericho to find out what they can find out. Well, they, you know, they hang out with Rahab and they figure out some things and then they come back. And then it takes five full chapters of the Bible, totaling about 23 real-time days from when Joshua first starts doing his little reconnaissance on Jericho to when Jericho actually falls. And even in the attack, it took him seven days of just walking around. March around the city one time each day for six days. It's like, really, God? We can't just do it all like one day? Can I just get all six of them in one day? Because I bet we could. God's like, no, once a day. Lots of waiting. Paul, I don't know if you guys know this, we read a lot from, from Paul's writings, um, and Paul, 
You know, he got converted on the road to Damascus. Jesus showed up. Paul gets made blind. He goes into town. He gets his sight back. Um, and then, of course, Paul goes on several missionary journeys, starts a bunch of churches, writes out the New Testament. Anybody know how long it took between when Paul became a Christian and when he went on his first missionary journey? Not 26 years. It's less than 26 years. Ten years, that's close. Twelve is correct. It was. Good job, McKinley. Paul waited 12 years. And so, like, we think of Paul as, okay, Paul, like, he, he, he went after the Christians. He, he fought the Christians. Then he got saved, and he started planting churches. But he had 12 years of training and study and learning before he ever went on his missionary journeys and started uh, actually starting churches. And my point is this. Sometimes God doesn't meet our time expectations. Right? Sometimes we pray for something. We ask God, Lord, will you do this? Um, and we're ready for it right now because we're impatient. Right? God, please uh, heal, you know, heal my cousin or whatever it may be. And it doesn't happen. And we think, well, in the Bible, it usually happens quick. Like, you know, the, the woman with an issue of blood that we talked about a few weeks ago. She crawls up. She touches Jesus, the hem of Jesus' robe. She's healed. Bam. Immediately. There was no waiting. But a lot of times we have to wait because God is on a different clock. He's on a different time system than we are. Right? And so we don't always know. And so um, that means we have to learn how to deal with that. When God doesn't meet our time expectations, we have to learn how to wait. We have to learn how to wait on God. It's not fun because none of us like to wait on anything. But we're going to look at what the Scripture says about waiting. We're in James 5, verses 7 through 11. It'll be on the screen. It's on the U version. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read all four verses. It's a little longer than I normally read in one chunk, but I'm going to jump in here. It says in verse 7, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So this is James, who is Jesus' brother, like his physical or his half-brother. Um, but James, so he actually grew up with Jesus, which would be weird, you know. Growing up with Jesus, I bet you James got impatient sometimes. Like, man, Jesus gets such good grades because he's Jesus. You know, yeah, the idea of having to worship your brother is weird, um, which really tells us that's one thing that I believe really tells us the truth of who Jesus is. Because if you can get your brother to worship you, you got to be for real. Like, you got to be God for real. Okay? So, uh, so, that, so that's, that's James who wrote that scripture. Now, does anybody know how a pearl is made? You guys know what pearls are, right? Put that first picture up of the pearls. We've got a picture of pearls there. Right, little white things, they come in necklaces a lot of times. Anybody? So they're made in oysters, okay? And, and, and here's how it works, okay? I'm going to give you guys kind of the, the details a little bit. Um, what it is, an oyster is like a clam-looking thing, and 
a little piece of sand gets into the folds of the oyster, and the oyster can't get it out. You ever got annoyed by something that you couldn't, like you get some dinner stuck in your teeth, and then like four hours later, you finally, like you work on it for a long time, and then like a few hours later, you finally get it out. You feel like you've accomplished something. Anybody, is, it, is that just me here? No, please tell me. Popcorn gets in your teeth. Something gets in your eye maybe, or you get a splinter, right? That's basically what we're talking about here. This little piece of sand gets into the folds of an oyster, and the oyster tries to get it out, and it can't get it out. So the oyster starts to cover the grain of sand with layers of what is called nacre or nacre, N-A-C-R-E. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Um, and what that does, it kind of makes it less irritating. It's a smooth substance the oyster covers it with. So give us that next picture. Here's a picture of a clam with a pearl kind of in it. And so that's, a you know, after the pearl's kind of been, been formed there. Um, and the more of that knacker that gets on the sand, the bigger the pearl gets and the more valuable it becomes. So the pearl is just the fruit of a very frustrated oyster, right? The oyster gets frustrated, and it creates something that is super valuable. If there was no frustration and no irritation, there would be no pearl. Brian Lawrence is a speaker we heard at, uh, at the men's conference a few weeks ago. He's the one who said that, that quote. He was talking about this pearl, which, is cool, which was a cool analogy. because So we don't want to wait. We don't want the frustration. We don't want the irritation. We just want the result, right? We just want the good thing. God, you promises good things. You're a good, good father. Give me the good things. And yet sometimes God goes, I'm going to give it to you, but just wait. You have to deal with a little irritation and a little frustration for me to give you the good things. Because we love the destination. We love the pearl, but we don't love the process. The problem is we can't get the pearl until we embrace the grain of sand, the irritation. Which tells us that frustration and, and patience are necessary, and they're even beneficial. It's hard to think of that. Like, man, when I'm really annoyed because I'm having to wait a long time, that's actually beneficial for us for, so that we can get better results. That scripture we read, the first thing it says, um, be patient, brothers and sisters, until. What does that word until mean? When? Before it happens. But that implies that it's going to happen. Right? It doesn't say just be patient, period. Because that means there might never be an end. But it says until. So if I say... Hey, listen, we're going to go get ice cream, but you have to wait until Friday. You know Friday is the end. There is an end. The until, that until word, means that there is an end, and that means that God is eventually going to come through. So tonight we're going to talk. I'm going to give you four quick points. I know what time it is. I'm going to give you four quick points about how to wait, how, how to wait in a godly way and how to wait on God's timing. First thing is this, is we got to, do what's called active waiting. Active waiting. Here's what I mean by that. James talks about the farmer waiting for the rain, right? He said, he said look how the father, in 5-7, he said, look how the farmer waits for the rain. What does the farmer do when it's not raining? He sows the seeds, right? He puts out the seed. What else does he do? He waters the seed. What do you do before you even put the seeds in? Anybody know? Anybody ever done a garden? 
You till the soil, you dig it up, right? Like, you know what you guys were saying? Yeah. So you got to prepare the soil. You got to put the seed in. You might water the seed a little bit while you're waiting for the rain. Here's the point. While we're waiting on God, we still need to be active doing things that are that are in service of him. Because uh, even after the rain, the, the, the farmer still has to prune and take care of the plant so that when the time comes to harvest, it's ready. You guys know we talk about Paul a lot. I already talked about him earlier. Um, he wrote half the New Testament approximately. Um, do you guys know where he was when he wrote most of the New Testament? Yes. No, not on the island. Yeah, that was John, not Paul. Different guy. Paul, where was Paul when he wrote most of the books of the, of the New Testament? Yes, jail. Whoever said jail is correct. Sometimes he was in jail in Jerusalem, so you're kind of right, I think. Um, but, yeah, he spent most of his time in jail, okay? He spent a lot of time in jail. If you read through Acts, it goes through the, uh, the, the order of kind of his, his life and the missionary journeys. And, and he's in jail a lot during that time. He's always in and out of jail. And while he's in jail, he's writing letters which became books of the Bible. You know what else he's doing? He's praying. He's praising. He's converting people. He's, he was always converting his jailers. You know, he was always telling the dudes who kept him in jail about Jesus, and then they'd become a Christian. Because Paul knew that, you know what, while I'm waiting for God's will and for my freedom, I can be getting things done. And so often when we're waiting, we just want to sit like a bump on a log and not move. And not do anything. We have to be, we have to be waiting actively. Okay, you may not be able to change your your circumstances, but you can make the most of them. So when things go bad, make the most of the situation you're in. Here's the second thing, and this one's really hard for us. Doing stuff is not so bad, especially in today's world where busyness is kind of a a, a sense of pride for us. Like we don't. Uh, and, you know, in America today, the busier you are, the more people think you're doing, you're getting done, and you're more successful. So that one we can kind of do. This one, though, is really hard, and that is do not grumble. Do not grumble. Do not complain when you're waiting. I can hear you guys moaning and complaining already because we like to complain, right? Misery loves company. So all we want to do is be miserable and complain so somebody else can be miserable with us. The problem is this, patience is not just about our physical, it's also attitudinal. Attitudinal is a word I just made up. It's not, but I, I've decided it is now. We know those people. You know people who just complain about everything. It could be the best day ever, right? They could have the best day in the world, and their first thought is going to be, yeah, well, I bet tomorrow's going to suck. Right? Because they think everything is bad. They view everything from that negative, complaining uh, mindset say what pessimists right yeah pessimists and and no matter what it is they're going to complain but here's the thing what happens when we complain about other people things don't get better right complaining about other people just causes uh division instead of unity and the bible calls us to unity so Complaining against man causes division. What happens when we grumble against God? Things get worse. They, they might not get worse necessarily, um, 
But uh, if you want to, if you want to find out what happens, and I don't have time to read it all because it's it's a couple chapters. But um, if you know the story of Job, uh, Job had a rough life. James talked about it a second ago. Jo- Job had a good life, and then. Uh, he had a rough life, and all his kids died, and all his cattle, and all of his animals, his livestock all died, and uh, he got these, like, sores all over his body. He got really sick, and basically, uh, he was everything. He went from rich, healthy with a bunch of kids to broke and really unhealthy with no kids, uh, and so he starts to complain. Job starts to grumble, and uh, and God, in, in chapter 41 of the book of Job, or 40, if you, if you want to read this later, I'd encourage you. Uh, anytime you start to complain, just read Job 40 and 41. Because uh, basically at the beginning of Job 40, God says, all right, sit down and shut up because I'm going to tell you what's happening. That's, you know, Tony's paraphrase uh, version. But that's basically what God says to Job. At the, he says, gird up your loins, which basically means put on a cup because I'm about to come at you, you know. Uh, and so if you don't know what a cup is, that's fine. Uh, don't worry about it. Basically, God says, hey, listen up, because I'm going to tell you what's up. And God proceeds to go, where were you when I set the stars in the sky? Are you the one who can who can kill Leviathan with his thumb, which is a big fish kind of thing? Like, And he, he, he begins to remind Job who's got the power here and who really has the uh, the perspective and so when we complain against man, it causes division. When we complain against God, he has to remind us who he is, and sometimes that can hurt. All right, here's number four, and it kind of is, or three. I've only done three. This is the third one. Kind of is along the same lines, and that is this. Be joyful, right? Do not complain and be joyful. Now, it is our responsibility to choose our attitude. I firmly believe that. Okay, if you know me, if you spent time with me, especially outside of our regular services, you know that I don't deal with uh, bad attitudes real well because I think you can choose, cause, and I believe we can choose our own attitudes. And so uh, I don't have a lot of patience for people who are, like, super pessimistic and, and just always complaining about stuff because uh, we... Like we sang earlier, God is a good God. We have so many blessings and we have so many good things going on in our lives that there's no good reason for us to be super upset and super known all the time. When you can't find joy in the present, remember the goodness of God in your past to give us joy today, right? We all have good things. When we're going through tough times, always let what you know trump what you feel. Let me say that again. When you're going through tough times, always let what you know trump what you feel. Because, you know, the Bible says that the heart is wicked, and, and yet we trust our feelings. You, your feelings are not to be trusted, guys. I, I don't know if you know this, but this is something to internalize. Because your feelings will lie to you. We have to trust the truth of God's Word, the things that we know, the things that are in our Bible that, that we know is God wants the best for us. And that leads right into the fourth thing we do while we're waiting and that is remember the purpose of the Lord. I like this quote. This is another Brian Luritz quote from the, from the conference. It said, Your trial is custom made and designed by a holy, sovereign God who has your best in mind. Your trial is custom made. That means that trial that you're going through was made for your benefit. And you're like, this 
stinks. It's not fun. I know. But, it, but God custom made that so that you can get the best benefit. And God wants the best for you. I, I talk about Jeremiah 29.11 a lot. I actually went ahead and put it on the screen, this one, so I could actually quote, quote it right because half the time I screw it up. But it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, here's the thing. God wants what's best for us. He wants what's best for you. And so when we have that in mind and we know that, you know what, this thing I'm going through is hard. This time of waiting is not fun. I don't want to wait. And I get that. But whatever we're going through, God put it together and God, God uh, is using it for our best. See, if I was going through something that was meant for you, it wouldn't be as useful for me. It's like getting a custom-made suit. I've never had a tailored suit. One day I want to get one. I want to get like a custom-tailored suit. It's going to be awesome. But I've never had that. But let's imagine, let's imagine I got a custom-tailored suit, and it looks good. Right? It looks really good. And one day, Colvin comes up to me, and Colvin says, Hey, man, can I borrow your suit? It looks so good on you. Can, can I borrow that suit? Would it look good on Colvin? No, because I'm like six inches taller and 200 pounds heavier than him. Right? Not 200, but I'm at least 100 pounds heavier. How much do you weigh? You weigh under 100. That's stupid. Okay, so I'm 140 pounds. I'm 140, 145 pounds heavier than Colvin. So, so if... If, if he wanted to wear my suit, it would look dumb because it was custom made for me. In the same way, the things that I'm going through are not going to benefit you as much as they're going to benefit me and vice versa. See, if you're going through drama with your friends, you can get, you, the Lord can use that to teach you things and for your benefit. For me, middle school girl drama is not super beneficial. It's mostly annoying. And vice versa, if, if my fiancé and I got into a fight, and that's a trial that I was going through, it wouldn't be beneficial for you because you don't know Jen hardly. You know, she hasn't even moved here yet. I mean, so, so our trials are made for us, and that sounds weird and it's not something we really want to think about. But when you're going through something hard, that, that, remember that, that you know what, this is... This is something that is going to benefit me in a way that it couldn't be benefit anybody else. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about the things that you are going through, the things that you have gone through. Maybe right now things are pretty good and that's awesome. But if you're in a place right now where you're waiting on God to do something, or you're waiting for a season to end, or you're waiting for uh, something like that, I want you to begin to, to ask God to show you how that can benefit you and only you. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you guys while you, you pray and you think about that on your own. I'm going to pray over you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for, God, for the fact that you do have our best in, in mind. God, that you do have good plans for us. Lord, and that you do um, want the best in our lives. God, I pray that when we have to wait on your timing, and we, we get impatient because things aren't happening as fast as, we, as we'd like them to. Pray that we would remember these things, God, that we would remember uh, to be active in our waiting and to, to be uh, uh, 
still doing things for the kingdom, Lord, even while we wait for one particular situation to resolve. I pray that we would remember to not grumble, Lord, and to be joyful and to, to take control of our own attitudes and our own mindsets. God, I pray that we would remember, Lord, that your purposes are so good and they are so far above what we can see and are so far above what we can understand. God, I pray that, um, Lord, that you would have your way in our lives. God, if we're going through struggles right now, I pray that you would have your will, that your will would be done. Lord, that we would learn from those things, that we would uh, um, come out the other side more like you and in a closer relationship with you, God. And if there's people here who aren't going through big struggles right now, God, we thank you. And we pray that when those struggles do come, because we know that they're going to come, that we would remember those things uh, at that time as well, God. God, we thank you that you have our best in mind, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.